You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, pretty ugly game. Pretty, 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 pretty ugly game for the Milwaukee Bucks. They lose 134 to 123 to the Denver Nuggets in their final game before the All-Star break. The Nuggets end the game just one three made three-pointers short of the all-time team record for three-pointers in a game it was set earlier this year i believe or maybe his last year i can't remember they, they all kind of blend together but it was the cavaliers against the hawks the cavaliers hit 25 the nuggets hit just 24 against the bucks tonight so i didn't get to see history um i also got to see the bucks play terrible defense and i got to see you did didn't you get to see, was was Jokic's triple double was was that did somebody say that was the fastest one in like 50 years or something Ooh, like that? that that could be um I will say watching Nikola Jokic pass is a delight. That one that he threw for his 12th assist of the game right before halftime where yeah, the, he was tra- the trapped in the yeah. corner and on the baseline somehow didn't whip it out. of I To this moment, I have no idea how he actually pulled that off. Um, so, yeah, he's incredible, and I enjoyed getting to watch that. But from a Bucks perspective, didn't really like much of that. Well... I will. I'll. I'll say this. Ugly. I don't think ugly is the word I would use, just because there was too many you know, made shots. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there were too many made shots, and you know, I mean, Giannis had a thirty-six point triple double. Poorly um, played, I and, guess. And well, uh, defenseless. I, I there don't know. You, I mean, know. That would you, be you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This was more, you know, nineteen eighties Denver Nuggets. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, defense optional type type game, um, and. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because I'm just such a big Giannis stan that I'm. I was just sort of happy to see him playing more like the guy that we kind of got used to uh, earlier in the season. Obviously, he's been in a bit of an offensive funk, and seeing him more aggressive, not settling for turnaround jump shots all the time. Um, you know, continuing to show really good chemistry with with Tyler Zeller in particular, who um, had another really good game for the Bucks, and obviously losing effort. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a weird game. I think Giannis plus. Uh, Jabari also looking better. Um, you know, Eric Bledsoe obviously had a very effective game scoring-wise, had a ton of steals, assists. This was certainly a game where there were lots of, you know, gaudy stats put up. Um, and, you know, I mean, on some level, like, I think the most disappointing thing for me was that defensively the Bucks, you know, give up, what was it, 14 and 19 threes in the first half. And... Yeah it felt like they gave up more wide open threes in the second half than the first half somehow, which is pretty terrible. You know, like, I mean, there were, there were periods where the bucks kind of, you know, got some stops and, you know, given that the nuggets couldn't stop them either, you know, anytime you could string together 
like three stops in a row, you could make a, a pretty good run just because the other team, you know, probably wasn't stopping you. Um, and so it was disappointing that I don't know how many times did it feel like the Bucks could like maybe get a little bit of, bit of momentum going, and then they give up wide open three to like Jamal Murray or somebody who's like, you know, I mean, quite literally it, the entire game. Like the yeah. Nuggets refused to put them away, absolutely yeah. refused, and kept giving up layups and dunks and. I mean, their defense was obviously not as bad as the Bucks, but geez, certainly looked like it at times. I guess it was because the Bucks were getting easy twos while the Nuggets were getting easy threes. But man, they had chances the entire way. I, I tweeted something out about how they were down. The Bucks were down twelve with one forty left, and somebody, oh, our friend uh, Sith Lord was like, "Oh, it's over, man!" And I was like maybe <laughs> the nuggets refuse to play defense so i don't know if it is over and it ultimately ended up being over but yeah nobody was playing any defense in that one yeah and i mean uh, the bucks had 70 paint points in this game which yep. um you know to i guess there were there were two things that we talked about yesterday one was i referenced the bucks um too good to be true, probably uh, opponent three point percentage in recent games. And, um, over at Nylon Calculus, there was a great article by, um, positive, the, the Twitter user known as positive residual, uh, who dug into all the stats and, and kind of pulled apart, you know, what was real and fake, what was lucky and not lucky with what's been going on. And one of the obvious ones was this really good opponent three point defense. And I, um, jinxed us by saying, you know, hopefully tonight was not the game, given how good the Nuggets are, are shooters, that this is a game where they, you know, sort of the Bucks three-point defense begins to mean regress. And, I mean, this was like the ultimate sort of example of, you know, you can you can maybe get lucky and have a 10-game stretch where opponents just don't make threes. But in the NBA, eventually you're going to run a team that, that gets hot. And, you know, I, I didn't expect quite this. But, you know, for a team to shoot 43s and hit 60% of them, um, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I mean, think about this. If, um, if, the, if literally every time the Nuggets had made a shot, had made a three, the Bucks just gave them an uncontested dunk instead. I mean, they would have saved 24 points. Um, if they had, if they had literally every time the, the if the, if the Nuggets had every time they attempted a three, if the Bucks had just gotten out of the way and just offered them an open dunk and just let them get an easy two points, they would have scored only eight more points than they did on threes. Um, they scored 72 points on threes. So, yeah, I mean, there was there was literally no no defense that the Bucks could put up for this and. Um, I think especially in that second quarter, uh, it felt like they, you know, they got open looks early in the game. Maybe that got guys confidence up. And then the Nuggets were like catching the ball, like pump, like taking a fake, like, uh, I don't want to shoot this. And then Wilson Chandler or whoever else would be like, oh, maybe I'll just throw it up there. And then it was going in. It felt like in the middle of the game, they started to hit difficult threes as well. Yeah. And then in that second half, yeah, they hit some contested threes, but they also had a bunch of it seemed like open threes, good looks. And, you know, I mean, what can you say? Like, if you give up 24 three-pointers, you're not going to win a basketball game in the NBA. And uh, so, I mean, on some level, it's like you just sort of tip your cap and say those guys were just too hot tonight. On the other hand, certainly you you kind of did yourself in as well because, you know, I know the Bucks made some adjustments. I think they tried to – think I think Stacey Ogman mentioned like they were – and I, again, I, I'd have to go and look at it again. I wasn't paying close enough attention, but they were going under some of the dribble handoffs and they were, they were going to switch and try to go over them um, in the second half. 
but that just made it easier to get in the lane off the dribbling top. Yeah. So um, there, there, there was obviously no answer for the Bucks defensively. They gave up 130.5 defensive rating, and you know it's not often that you put up 120 offensive rating and you lose by double digits. But um, obviously, tonight the Bucks just they just didn't have it defensively. And um, you know, again, uh, even if they had played good defense. I still don't know if they would have won this game, but um, they also shot themselves in the foot uh, time and again. Yeah, you just think about this game, and it was, uh, to me, I guess kind of in the first half, it was not having an answer for Jokic. Um, Before we started recording, I mentioned that just stupid pass from the deep corner right down the baseline to – I'm trying to think who it was. Was it? Oh, it was Hernan Gomez. Um, and hits him right in stride, finishes the layup. I think that was his uh, – maybe the one that clinched the triple-double or maybe it was his 12th assist. In the, I can't remember. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it wasn't It wasn't like he had 10, 10, and 10 in the first half. I mean, he, would, he had like 17, 11, and 12 yeah. or some, something like that. I mean, it was like yeah, a, no, it, a healthy triple-double. Very healthy. And uh, – I guess just in that first half, it felt like, okay, they don't have an answer for Jokic. And then in the second half, I don't know if they did that much better of a job against Jokic, but it did certainly feel like there was it was less about him and more about just all of the movement that the Nuggets had. And you mentioned switching on some of those handoffs, and then it, it didn't really matter who it was, if it was Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Gary Harris, uh, Wilson Chandler. Like it, it literally didn't matter. They would get into the lane, kick it out, and – Somebody would hit a three. Uh, I, I thought maybe even the two killers were probably those back-to-back Trey Lyles threes where yeah. they had gotten kind of, and again, in the game as relative when no one's playing defense. Um, but it, it felt pretty manageable, and then he hits back-to-back threes, and then it just never felt like the Bucks got it to that point uh, ever again. And it, thinking about this Bucks defense, like it, I, I think the nights they look worse is – the worst is when teams are employing those offenses where everyone's an equal share. Like everyone's moving around. I think about some of the Bulls games. Um, I think about even uh, the first home Nets game. Um, there's just kind of all those moving parts and everyone trying to keep up and make the switches that they need and also stay in front of ball handlers. And it's just, a disaster like the bucks just can't seem to do it they can't communicate the right way they can't get their coverages set up the right way and it just looks awful for for the entire night and um they didn't have the any adjust i mean they made adjustments but those adjustments didn't work and it, it was just a a poorly defended night which i guess is nice that you get to kind of watch them score offensively that i at least they did kind of hold up that end of the bargain that if you are going to give up a bunch of points, you might as well score a bunch. And, and they did do that. I thought it was easy for Giannis tonight. Very easy. It was a, a dribble or two, a spin into the lane, a layup with the right hand or a dunk or a step through move or throwing passes that seemed to hang in the air for 10 seconds for Tyler Zeller. Um, and somehow Zeller grabbing, under control, maybe taking a, a quick pump fake, maybe taking a quick dribble to the other side of the rim and laying it in. And um, it just, everything seemed pretty, pretty easy for the Bucks tonight. And it, it was just kind of funny to think about Tyler Zeller scoring 14 points and seven or nine shooting and most of them being 
very easy. It, there was a, a sequence in uh, in the second half for sure. I can't remember if it was third or fourth quarter where Bledsoe and Giannis seem to be alternating possessions with who gets to run a pick and roll with Tyler Zeller. And it was an easy basket and an easy assist, which is, I think the strangest sentence I've ever uttered on this podcast that a Tyler Zeller pick and roll, no matter who the partner was, was an easy basket. Um, but that was kind of the case. And, um, yeah, this is, I guess the only thing I can say is at least it's somewhat fun in that the offense was, all over the place and scoring a bunch of points, but defensively just not a good night, um, not a good game. And I don't want to say that there's a warning sign flashing in neon lights, but obviously we saw the Bucks kind of get fat on a bu- bunch of crummy teams, and now they just played a good one, one that has a top five, top ten offense somewhere in there, and they got roasted. They just got killed. Um, so I think when you when you think about the schedule coming out after the All-Star break, that's got to give you at least a, a little pause where you're going to think about, man, what are they going to look like? Uh, because some of those teams that they have at the start of the season or the, at the start of the post-All-Star break schedule, those are teams that have made the Bucks look bad before. Like the, Those teams aren't – uh, totally unafraid of doing that. Like at the Raptors to open, Raptors have made the Bucks look stupid before. New Orleans made the Bucks look stupid a couple times last year. Washington has made the Bucks look stupid. Detroit has made the Bucks look stupid. Indiana has made the Bucks look stupid in the last two years. Like these are teams that have hurt the Bucks, and those are your first five games coming out of the All Star break. So um, I, I think uh, again maybe. Maybe not a huge warning sign, not a th- a sign of things to come, but certainly something that will give you pause. Yeah, and I mean, it's a little interesting because the, the Raptors game is really difficult, but then all these other games, I mean, at home against the Pelicans, you got to win that game, right? I mean, that, you got to win that game. Um, at home against the Wizards, the, the Wizards have obviously played well without John Wall, but, you know, again, the Bucks have come in and, basically kick the Wizards in the mouth in the last two games in Washington. So you'd hope that um, they can come out and do something similar at home with uh, Wizards team is obviously a little shorthand without Wall. Um, at Detroit, Detroit is now, I think, showing uh, after a, a hot start, basically beating up on teams at home on the second night of back-to-backs. Um, uh, you know, again, I, again, we've seen the Bucks beat the Pistons twice in Milwaukee. You know, I think they're certainly capable of winning Detroit, but as you said, they they've lost in Detroit already this year. And then these two games at home, the Pacers and Sixers. I mean, those are, you know, these are these are not uh, games against the best teams in the league. These are all teams that you know. Again, if you're going to be jostling for for you know sp- spots in the playoff order, um, you want to be taking these games, especially the home game. So it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they go five and one in that period. I wouldn't be shocked if they go you know, two and four, right. Or I don't, I don't think they're going to go one and five, but, um, but it's interesting. And I think it's, it will be a good test because again, it's not the, the complete big boys lineup that they're going to have to go in. Um, but it's also a lot, a lot more difficult than what they've seen so far. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't finish my thought. So the two things that we brought up yesterday, one was, you know, the concern that this was going to be, you know, is this going to be the mean reversion game, which obviously it was the other one you were alluding to it. <laughs> um, you know, Nikola Jokic, as the you know centerpiece of a defense and having to put into pick and rolls 
bad things that <laughs> that you know and Nick, and and Jokic is ter- is obviously a tremendous talent um but certainly you know as you, as you think about like the western conference you know the the Denver Nuggets having to go through like the Golden State Warriors and I know they've beaten the Warriors um but yeah I don't know I mean if if Jokic is your best player like are you ever beating a team like the Warriors that can spread nope. you out like I I just or, or the Rockets you know I, I don't nope. know I just don't I just don't think that I just don't see how that works um you know, in more than kind of one game sample. And again, nothing to take away from Jokic. I mean, he was incredible tonight. You know, you saw kind of the full arsenal of what he could do. Um, and, and for what it's worth, I, I mean, obviously he beat up on Thon. This was a, a bad game for Thon after some, uh, you know, a little bit more encouraging games of late. Certainly Zeller has, I think, made his claim for when Henson comes back. I mean, I, I'm going to be really curious to see what they do because, again, we've talked about this is the difficulty with Thon. I mean, getting him minutes at this point is still more about development than winning games. And, uh, especially as you look at these really important games coming up, I mean, are you going to bench? Are you, are you going to just try to find minutes for all three guys? Um, I assume Henson is going to be back after the All Star break, um, because at this point, I think it's pretty obvious that if you want to have your best chance of winning, um, it's going to be with Henson and, and Tyler Zeller. You know, the, the old UNC teammates. Um, you know, Zeller's done obviously a great job just fitting in and showing good chemistry with Giannis and Bledsoe in particular. And um, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, you know, what they do with Thon? Do they? sit him some games and you know, what, what exactly they do um but yeah and we, we don't really talk much about blood so um you know again i mean they they ran in the open you know they showed some of his stats i think it's like last i don't know if it was five games or something he was averaging like 20.7 boards shooting 54 percent from the field um i mean you, you can't blame this one on blood so right uh, nope. it's nine out of 14 hits half of his six threes all six of his free throws eight assists five steals 27 points in 37 minutes um you know this was one of those games man i mean bledsoe's bledsoe's like knack for just he sees a big on the perimeter and he just flashes a little bit of that that leather he sees that ball and he just goes and slaps it away he did it again tonight got Giannis a dunk um which which was fun to see bledsoe could have had you know a dunk of his own he just gives it to Giannis who Cannon one uh, on the break, uncontested. Um, you know, obviously Bledsoe improving and, and playing better basketball as much as he's been inconsistent. Obviously, we talked about that a lot in last night's episode. Um, tonight, I, I don't know. I mean, there were some. Uh, he, he got lost. There was one in particular where he got lost and didn't get to Murray in the corner Ooh. on a three. I think it was in the third quarter. I want to say. I honestly thought I had missed something. I thought yeah. he had fallen down. I thought there was a monster screen set something, but. No, he just totally forgot about. Yeah, and I, I didn't rewind it. I don't know. I don't know if there was any other explanation what happened other than he maybe got caught ball watching. I mean, I thought he was like a, like under the basket or something. Oh, I he, don't know. What no, happened. he was under the basket. Yeah. So uh, that aside, I mean, Bledsoe overall obviously was. I mean, he. You know, I mean, the, I don't think the numbers are lying here. I mean, he was super efficient scoring, um, and and again, he and Giannis both did a really nice job. You know, with Zeller in particular. Um, I wish we could say the same about Chris Middleton. I mean, Middleton wasn't terrible, but man, just have a good game against a good team once. Chris. For the love, God, Chris! Like we always try. I mean, we are Chris Middleton fans, and it's really tough when, like, this is a. I mean, Middleton goes seven out of seventeen, seventeen points, seven boards, no no assists, which is pretty weird for him, especially in a game 
that have featured the Bucks hitting 49 shots and 123 points for Middleton to have no assists is pretty strange. Um, two steals did have a big block in the third quarter, which kind of was part of a nice run the Bucks had, yep. which was weird. Um, but man, I, it's just like I, I don't know. We we need to go and like figure out the last time Middleton like really played at a very high level against a good team because it just seems like it never happens. And uh, obviously tonight there were kind of bigger problems than Middleton, I guess, but. Um, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like, we're at a point where it's prove it, right? Anytime you see a team over 500, prove it, Chris Middleton. Like, have have a good game uh, because it just has not happened this year. And um, I don't think this is. I, I'm trying to think if Dean looked back at this. I, I don't think this was a trend that had really popped up before everyone kind of freaked out about the playoff series um last year like i don't think this was something that had happened uh in last year or the year before uh, middleton had tore his hamstring like I, I don't think that was a thing before this year but this year it has very clearly been a thing like <laughs> like you said you just can't really think of one so um yeah anytime he wants to have a good game against a good team that would be that'd be great um but I think that's about all I got for this game. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I do. So uh, we, I think we mentioned it briefly, but Jabari Parker um, was encouraging to see him getting into the, the action. Um, there were periods where it just seemed like he was around the ball. He had a steal. He had a couple offensive rebounds, um, five rebounds, 17 minutes, hit five out of eight shots, including a pair, one out of two threes, 12 points. Um, again, just looked livelier, you know, and, and I think that's just that's probably the most you can ask for from Jabari right now. Um, you know, just hoping he looks lively. Um, I liked his aggression. He was going at Jokic in that third quarter as well, um, attacking the rim for a couple of buckets when the Bucks were trying to dig out of a hole. Um, and again, you know, certainly if you get that from all right, if you can get, you know, 12 points on eight shots from Jabari, you know, on most nights off the bench in 17 minutes, again, that, that just makes gives your bench such a big shot in the arm right because yep. obviously they're thin right now they're dealing with being shorthanded um and so getting that from jabari is just big and, and again especially with middleton you know not being at his best in a lot of these games um that that helps a lot so shout out to jabari and also um you know uh as much as this game is not going to sort of do anything to quell sort of the i don't know if, i don't know what the right word for you the joe prunty skeptics or the prove it to me prunty uh, crowd which i think i'm i don't know i don't want to call myself a skeptic of joe prunty but i'm just you know like okay i like joe prunty i'm not like looking to make him the next head coach of the team next year um but shout out to joe prunty when Giannis uh got really mad about an offensive foul uh call in the third quarter he was setting a screen he got kind of locked up it looked like he sort of initiated some stuff and then i forgot who it was somebody kind of flailed and um you know, I can I can understand why he thought that guy should have gotten the foul. Instead, they call an offensive foul on Giannis. He was hot. He went right up to the referee, which you don't see Giannis do very much, walking back. And Joe Prunty, smoking Joe Prunty, came storming in and got in front of Giannis and started yelling at at him. Looked like Joe was looking for a tee. And you know, he was again, he was in Mike Malone's coaching box. He was that <laughs> he far was. down. He was so far down the court. I could not believe it. One yeah. that. Giannis was allowed to be that aggressive towards an official because that's been a point of emphasis of the last couple of weeks. But then Joe Prunty literally came from the other side, was in Mike Malone's coaching box, and nothing. And I, I just couldn't believe Jokic Olenicked him. Like, 
that was what he did. He grabbed the arm just like uh, Olenek did to Kevin Love and twisted, and I, I, that game just got really chippy and really ugly in the fourth quarter Like with incidents between guys. like There was just a bunch of stuff where, man, you never want to see that, period, but games like that where everyone's scoring, no one's getting stops, Like I just feel like that kind of breeds that kind of thing, and I – Again, I don't think this is something you can review or go back and try to find, but I really thought that was a dirty play by Jokic. Uh, There was also another controversial play where Giannis drew a foul on Gary Harris, and then it looked like Harris was kind of getting into him in the post, and then Giannis uh, turned to his shoes on the left block and and basically gave Gary Harris an L. He basically hooked him and instead of hooking him though normally you're like kind of easing around the guy's torso he basically put his left elbow into the back of gary harris's head um gary harris was needless to say surprised <laughs> that yeah. he had a foul called on him uh Giannis goes to the line and it really kind of tied the room together because this was you know late in the game not that the bucks were on the verge of coming back or something but um it, it, i think it was a ball don't lie moment Giannis, yeah. um you know just breaking my heart by breaking both fourth quarter free throws uh, but I felt like it was probably the basketball gods doing the correct thing. Uh, unfortunately, Giannis seven out of I think what was he seven out of twelve from the foul line. Another pretty bad night yep. from the free throw line. So his numbers this month continue to be really pretty poor from the foul line. Um, but anyway, um, he also Giannis also had three really early turnovers, just kind of getting sloppy. And um, there were moments tonight where in that fourth quarter, like I, I swear it looked like he was just hunting like. I think there were probably three or four possessions where the only thing on his mind was getting Jokic isoed on oh, him. Oh, he wanted just, him so he bad. He wanted to yam on yes, Jokic so bad. <laughs> as soon as that Olenek play happened, you could just see kind of the that rage inside of him. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, get me this mismatch because I want him and I want to throw one on his head. And he never got it because Jokic would just kind of – get out of the way and bump him early enough, but Giannis would spin and get a layup or whatever. But, yeah, he wanted it. Yeah. I, it would have been it would have been pretty cathartic for Giannis yeah. to get a uh, Jared Allen, give a Jared Allen to Jokic, but didn't quite happen. Um, so six turnovers, obviously, kind of the downside in the free throws for, for Giannis tonight. But, I mean, look, 36 points, 13 assists. But that, that had to be a career-high assist number, right? 13. I don't think he's ever had 13 mm, assists in the game. I think he's been close before. Yeah. 13 assists, 11 boards. Um, was nice. It, it's just nice to see uh, cool pass Giannis. Um, you know, passing Giannis, uh, point Giannis back uh, to, to some extent here. Um, going to the All-Star break, obviously a loss isn't what you want, but to, to see him kind of going back um, on a high note is, is nice. And I think especially so given uh, a comment he made today that you tweeted out about his knee and kind of not feeling like he's at his explosive best right now and how he thinks he'll be back to that next year, Um, which is sort of one of those like glass half empty, glass half full things. Like I like the idea of if that this isn't Giannis's best version of himself on the flip side, it also like is distressing. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's pretty distressing to think that Giannis feels like he's just not going to be, you know, right the rest of the year, and that he needs next summer to to get there. But um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I'm I'm kind of giving away, but a lot of people may have seen the tweet. But do you have that quote in front of you, or can we bring I that up? I can grab it real quick. Sure. 
yeah, I'm going to give people the full quote. So he was talking with um, with Vilas Nikos uh, from Eurohoops, who obviously has always kind of been uh, very close to Giannis. Like those two have just kind of, I mean, he's always known him and they've been with each other for a while. So he knows Giannis really well. And um, he had asked about three-pointers and how – that will become a bigger part of Giannis's game and kind of how he views that. And Giannis said, and I'm, I'm going to cut off this quote at the end where I had tweeted it out, but it's a little bit longer quote about threes eventually being uh, an ace up his sleeve and he can pull it out and throw it down and let everyone know. Um, but to quote Giannis, as, and this is obviously, he, he had this conversation in Greek, so this is uh, just the translation of that. As I grow older, I have to introduce this aspect, aspect which was three-point shooting, into my game because I won't always be able to overcome everyone with athleticism. For example, this season, it might not be showing in my game, but my explosiveness has been reduced due to my knee issue. After the summer, my knee will be better for sure. I will be healthy again and it will return, but I've learned to play without that much speed, without the explosiveness. That is, a, I think, for most Bucks fans, a concerning quote. Like you said, maybe you can spin it the other way, that he's throwing stuff on Jared Allen's head and he's still able to make a bunch of really athletic plays despite not feeling 100%, but also at the same time, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, we talked about at the start of the year if there was going to be times where Giannis was going to have to sit out with this injury, if this would be a recurring injury, if this was going to be with him the rest of his career. And then obviously once he sat a game out about a month into the season and then another one a month later and then took those eight days off, the, this is very – I mean, I guess if that is accurate, that after this summer, after getting rest, that it'll be good that's a positive but also at the same time if you have aspirations for this bucks team and if you have championship aspirations for this bucks team you're not going to get that time off that's not how it's going to work you you would hopefully be playing later into uh, if you're going to the finals you play into june but certainly playing into may and if there's going to be a, a needed a necessary month or I have no idea how long that moment will be. I can only speculate at this point, but if you need those two weeks of absolutely nothing, three weeks, whatever, if you need that, that time is going to be harder to come by the further you get into the playoffs. So um, as I read it or as I listened to it and then uh, transcribed it, I, I thought kind of a, a worrisome quote. And this is something, like I said, that we talked about. Is this going to be a long-term problem? Is this going to be something that is kind of going to stick with Giannis for the rest of his career? And I don't know if this made me feel any better. Yeah, I mean, the only thing would be just the idea that he would be confident that, you know, he can get himself right over over next summer. And to me, I mean, this is a probably a multi-month rehab thing, right? It's not... Yep. Um, it's not take two weeks off or, or whatever. And, and so the kind of thing you can only do with, with kind of a full summer off. And um, obviously that's, that's a challenge because we know Giannis always wants to represent his country, um, help Greece in any way he can. Um, and, and again, uh, our Greek inter slash international hoops people can, can help me out. I, I don't know what, uh, what is on the calendar this summer as far as, um, 
as far as international tournaments go, I can probably just Google this quickly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things like, you know, you're probably going to have to be really careful about how much time you're dedicating to extracurriculars in the summer as far as, um, you know, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's the World Cup, whether it's the Euros, whatever it might be. You know, pretty much every summer there's going to be something. And um, so FIBA, next FIBA Basketball World Cup is 2019. So I don't know, maybe there's a Euro this summer or something like that or qualifying. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it's 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 frustrating um, to, to hear that, right? Because, I mean, Giannis's health is the most important thing that – there could possibly be for <laughs> for the Milwaukee Bucks, yep. um, Giannis's knee uh, and and just general health. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think he's been very hesitant to really blame you know blame his knee for anything or or even acknowledge that it's really a problem. Um, but I think the big question, obviously, is you know is how much is this something that can ever be cured right i mean yeah. i think the way we've heard it pre- in the past has always been that it's just going to be one of those things you know when it rains out or whatever on cold days in february or something it's just yeah. going to be sore or whatever whatever the the reason is um but uh but we'll see because because it's a it's a huge question mark where you know depending on if it uh, if it's something that's going to haunt him for for a while or you know if it's just something this year and obviously if it was something this year then you know you'd say hey if you need to take a couple weeks off to to get right, at least for this season, I'm not going to say that he's going to take a couple weeks off and then just be right for the rest of time. Um, then you know those eight days off, whatever, then do it. You know, I mean, you got to be really got to be really rational about this. We'll we'll see. I mean, obviously this this All Star break is nice because it's going to be a chance to have him not be playing in basketball games. Yep. I'm glad he's not in the skill competition. I'm glad he's not in the dunk competition. I'm glad he's not doing any of those things. I'm glad that, uh, you know, Jason Kidd's three hour practices are done with, um, cause I can't imagine those were helping. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it's, it's something that eventually gets right. And hopefully, um, you know, we see more of the honest we saw tonight and less of the honest that we've seen probably over the last week or two. All right. So let's move to all-star break stuff there. You mentioned the fact that he doesn't have a ton of stuff this, uh, this, this weekend and that was something I talked with him about after the game was just kind of the idea that after last year's all-star break if you remember I think it was oh man I'm trying to think what game it was but it was a couple weeks after the all-star break he mentioned something uh, to me in a post game where he said you know I was I was just kind of exhausted coming back from the all-star break and I needed a, a little bit of time to get reset after that and uh, I think they had like two or three days off and he said that that was really helpful that he wasn't so tired anymore and I asked him about that tonight and kind of asked him about his schedule and he said one of the big things was he was out or he was in New Orleans um, out in New Orleans doing like community work and doing a lot of that I think two or three days beforehand last year because the Bucks didn't have uh, a game late. So he was uh, out doing community stuff, and he was out doing a, a lot more of the, the other things uh, that go along with All-Star Weekend. And he said that this year his schedule's uh, a lot simpler, that uh, he, he just kind of has – I know there was like an Instagram for uh, – or I saw it tweeted out or something, like the event that he's doing with I think Kobe Bryant on Friday night. It's like Kobe and him and Kendrick Lamar they're doing that on friday night and then saturday he i think he said he just has practice and then sunday he'll just have the game so it's a lighter schedule and um i think that kind of plays into it as well that he will kind of get 
uh, some time to rest and obviously he'll have to get himself up and ready to go for the game and he'll have to do practice but those are all going to be I don't want to say stressless minutes but certainly not very stressful minutes just kind of minutes where he'll go out and play a little bit and hopefully have some fun and and that'll kind of be it so I think that will be helpful but um, thinking about the all-star game a little bit more the all-star weekend a little bit um, do you have any expectations for Giannis are are you wanting uh, an all-star game MVP Uh, last year he probably has a chance at it if he plays it all in the fourth quarter but they decided to sit him after um, and not play him in the fourth quarter and he had 30 points at that at that point this is kind of a game well suited for him to win MVP just because he's kind of a fun toy to give to let everyone play with like they can throw him lobs (laughs) they can make sure uh, they're making passes for him and then he just dunks everything Um, and if there's ever been a skill set that is perfect for this game it is being able to dunk everything and that's kind of what he did last year and maybe that'll be again what he does this year but I guess what are your thoughts going into that as this will be our last podcast before we record Sunday night after that all-star game I want the MVP you want um, it I want it um I, I mean I'll I'll acknowledge that like nobody cares really uh you know like these games obviously aren't that competitive and you know blah 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 the nice Um, thing is no la players in it so like there's not last year it was like oh let's get anthony davis mvp because we're in new orleans like that would be a good thing to do so everyone started throwing him lobs and getting him passes and getting him dunks like no la players in there so it's kind of wide open yeah and um, when you look at like guys who might really try to take over an all-star game, um, you know, LeBron, I don't know. I don't even know if LeBron cares enough, but LeBron Westbrook and, um, and Durant, I guess are on the same team. Right. So to me that those guys kind of probably, and, and Kyrie and Anthony Davis, they're all on team LeBron. So I feel like a lot of those guys probably cancel each other out, you know, like the, the, only one of those guys, you know, is obviously going to have a real chance to win MVP from that team. Um, and we'll see if, if, you know, they all cannibalize each other's shots a little bit. Um, and from, you know, team Steph, uh, Harden, Steph and Giannis would be kind of the obvious guys who, who might have a chance. Um, so we'll see. I mean, uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Like, I don't think Steph necessarily has the mindset. Like, I I don't know. Just like thinking about previous all-star games. I don't know if he's like the kind of guy who like wants to go out and get 50 in an all-star game. I don't think he's really necessarily wired that way. Um, Harden might be a bit more. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm excited to see Steph and James running pick and rolls with Giannis. Mm -hmm. Um, because I can only imagine, I mean, I've, I, you know, watching the Rockets as much as I do, um, because my lovely wife is a Rockets fan. Um, I've been, you know, I, I get to watch Clint Capella have his dream job every night. I mean, Clint Capella, I mean, Clint Bell's good, right? I mean, he's become a very nice finisher. Um, but <laughs> I mean, he is spoiled playing with Chris Paul and Steph Curry, by the way, friggin' absurd that Chris Paul is not in this game at this point. I know he missed 18 games, um, but at this point of the season with all the injuries, you know, the fact that uh, the West didn't get any injury replacements because they all happen to be in the East, which is just kind of silly to me at this point, but um, or at least, sorry, they were all Team LeBron uh, or whatever, so like, you know, I think other than Paul George, like everybody else was an East replacement. Um, 
Yeah, it, it'll be fun to see if they run any pick and rolls with with Giannis and those guys because uh, James Harden throwing pocket passes to Giannis mm-hmm. would be uh, would be pretty pretty damn fun. Um, so yeah, I, I wanna I want an MVP. Um, I I guess I'll watch the dunk contest. I don't really care that much about the three point contest. Um, I definitely will not watch the skills challenge. Um, you will and, watch the celebrity game on Friday night. Uh, I will. You know, I will be rooting for uh, for uh, Mark Lazary uh, to. He he's acquitted himself well in his previous two celebrity All Star games, and so I'm hoping that uh, he can once again do the Bucks proud, uh, and uh, you know maybe get double. I think he had double digits last year. So um, again, he's he's too like old and rich to be named like MVP because that's always like somebody like you know young and famous and annoying um, typically. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Um, <laughs> although I should say this, Win Butler. Well, I got I got to admit this, Win Butler. I mean, I like Arcade Fire. He's a Madden and, favorite. And Win Butler's actually good. Good Win Butler's good at basketball. Like Kevin yeah. Hart's bullshit, but Win Butler's good at basketball, so he he deserved it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there was so, so much so, anger in your voice. <laughs> bullshit. I I I do not like Kevin Hart. Like pure. I I feel well. I think he was okay when I've seen him on SNL, but just like generally in movies, yeah. I just you just think I just feel like he thinks he's so funny, and I just don't really find him that funny and i know he's very popular um but man those oh god him trying to just be the center of attention at, at those celebrity games is just so friggin' painful um it, it makes me wish for the days of justin bieber or Beebs yeah, is back bieber. he's back wait is he back in this game he is back announced today oh, he is back i remember him when i think he won mvp like when he was like you know like four years old and last LA um, all-star game. So 20, and I just remember, I just remember thinking like, Oh great. Like that's like, that's what this guy needed for his ego is to go out and like, you know, cause like, I think he films like videos of himself trying to make himself yeah. look good at basketball. Um, which is just like, dude, uh, so, Oh my God. Like, great. Now I'm going to, I'm going to great. Now freaking Justin Bieber's going to win all-star MV, or celebrity game MVP and just ruin my, I need Giannis to win all-star game MVP just to, just to offset my annoyance at Frank's Justin pop Bieber. culture takes are flying off the cuff at yeah. this point. Oh my gosh. This is yeah. so much fun. All right. Yeah. Um, so, all right. All right so Giannis MVP, that's what you want. Um, we'll see Giannis if that MVP, can happen. And, and then let's just put him in, put him in, uh, you know, uh oh god what are they called not uh, hyperbaric chamber pack, pa- packing peanuts um uh, no what are those uh what are those oh my god why can't i think of them those like you pack they're for packing they're like the things you can pop the bubble bubble wrap yeah bubble wrap put Giannis in some nice bubble wrap take care of them private jet let's do this all right, that's going to be it for us. Uh, Bucks lose tonight 134 123 i don't want to get into any more details on that they lose but we will be back here on Monday to talk to you about the All-Star Game and uh, the MVP, Frank, wants Giannis to win. So we will do all of that on Monday. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you on Monday.